0: The booming interest in greener living and business squarely places technology at the center of harnessing the sun, wind, and alternative fuels for energy and innovation. As these clean tech innovations race toward solving energy independence, intellectual property remains the driver behind each unique idea and invention. Eric Rossidi is a partner with the law firm Finnegan and chairs the firm's alternative energy practice. Mr. Rossidi works with startup and established companies to develop comprehensive and sophisticated patent strategies. Eric, first of all, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks a lot, John. Nice to be here.
0: Has IP activity in the cleantech space increased over the last couple of years? And if so, which one of those events or a number of those events will continue to shape the role of IP here in 2009?
1: Generally, the answer is yes, they have. The the difficulty of categorizing uh, technology as green or clean or, or something else, is that, that can be kind of a slippery definition. So if you're a company that figures out a way of making a uh, chemical product less environmentally harmful or toxic, is that clean technology? Well, I think you'd argue yes, but in terms of going into the vast amount of data at the U.S. Patent Office and saying, oh, I can identify this patent as clean because this ingredient is not present, it just becomes very difficult. So, but the best metrics that are available, and there are people that have attempted to qualify uh, patents in these categories, it shows that generally the green space is at, uh, advancing at least as fast as patenting as a whole. So, since 2002 until 2007, say, overall patent activity in terms of filing has gone up about a third. Similarly stuff that you would call green or definitely, you know, the the real visible stuff like the photovoltaics and the hybrid vehicles, that has also increased by about a third. So it's growing at least as fast as the general economy and uh, the general innovation stream. So there's every expectation that that will continue at at least this rate and likely more as the energy picture in the future shapens. Of course, we know that the economic picture today is a little bit difficult, so it's hard to use the last six months is any indication, but it looks like trends are holding.
0: Well, and I would imagine it's important to keep that kind of long-term perspective on things.
1: Sure, and that's that's really what patenting is all about um, and why patenting activity is generally... Not something that is a line item that's cut from a company's budget at any stage. More mature companies have the luxury of dialing back their overall patenting activity, but as a percentage, smaller companies will dial back far less.
0: Now, about the increase in consumer demand for cleaner technologies, how's that driving innovation?
1: This is where clearly the last six months have been have been challenging. I mean, uh, if you'd asked me this question six months ago we would have an economy that was still basically functional and was 70% based by GDP on consumer-driven you know, consumption. But that is not the case today, and um, clearly, I think the average consumer is looking at a different playing field. If you were to look at the spending that went into our economy from, say, 2001 to 2008 and backed out home equity withdrawals, the GDP becomes kind of flat So it's clear that most of what was driving consumer purchases for the last seven years has been based on this extraction of value from the primary asset most consumers have, which is their home. So moving forward, we can't expect that to be there. You probably will not see the same demand for solar installs at the residential level unless that is really driven by government spending.
0: Are there any historical comparisons in IP activities such as what we're seeing today compared to industries over time?
1: Comparisons are always difficult. And again, uh, uh, this current situation is is complicated, and the economic environment is a little different than what we've seen in other places. But if you'd asked me at the end of of the summer of 2008 where I thought this was going, when oil prices were increasing and investments were flowing into green and clean technologies, I'd have predicted it would end. It would look something like uh, the dot-com boom. There was an uh, incredible amount of cash sloshing around in the global system, liquidity, and it was looking for places to invest, and green energy looked like a very attractive place to invest. Now, today, I mean, things are looking a little bit different, and if the current economic downturn is protracted, and it, it may be, um, you have... Probably a situation that was closer to, say, the chemical industry in World War II. Now, I'm not suggesting there's going to be a world war, not at all. But during World War II, the government was the primary spender. And in the coming 18 months, we can expect that our governments are going to be primary spenders in our economy. And what happened when the war ended is that the chemical industry became much more consumer-based. So you had suddenly people had access to a lot of chemical products such as fertilizers and weed killers and all kinds of things that sprung from the research and development that happened during World War II.
0: Is Finnegan seeing an increase in the number of clean tech clients, Eric? And if so, are the majority of these startups or big companies?
1: Yeah, I would say that our client mix is stable. We have always historically represented companies that would now be categorized as green companies. But what we've seen in terms of those large companies is that they continue to, to do well and continuing their business cycles as, as they had previously. New companies are coming to us and increasingly they're in the area of what we would call green or clean tech. And I think that's more a reflection of the, you know, the increased focus on, on these technologies over the past 18 months.
0: Our guest has been attorney Eric Rossidi from Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. In the second part of this feature on clean tech issues, attorney Ricci will discuss the various kinds of patent protections that are available and offer suggestions for ways companies can protect the IP of their clean tech investments and patents. To listen to other podcasts in this series and for additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.